We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. You gonna bring us in or are you? <laughs> I just figured you were. No. <laughs> you are. <laughs> okay. So, welcome. Uh, not a grande is in Utah. We're road tripping. Road tripping. Welcome um, to Utah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, introduce our guests. Um, these are two people from Utah. <laughs> <laughs> two Utes. <laughs> uh, Tyler Barr and his wife Kristen. Um, Kristen is the mother of my oldest daughter Haley, but. Uh, Avid hunters, uh, trap, you guys don't trap very much, but fishermen. I've tried trapping. Yeah. I had a coyote steal my trap, and then that ended my that trapping ended your career. Trapper. Yeah. Well, you're supposed to have more than one trap, you know that. We had two. Oh, okay. <laughs> and now they have one. one. Day, cut it by 50%. Yeah. <laughs> uh, avid, avid outdoorsman, um, fishing, uh, ice fishermen, so uh, really cool people. Kristen works for Badass Outdoor Gear. We just mm-hmm. uh, tried some really cool bikes that we're going to talk about uh, on this podcast, and we're going to talk about hunting in Utah and some of the differences between it and New Mexico, I guess. Yep, yeah. So, and that was the cool part about today. Uh, we had to do a lot of driving over the past day and a half, uh, and today, although we were doing some driving, mm-hmm. it was of the two-wheeled variety. The two-wheel variety rather than the four-wheel. And... Um, Kristen, tell us a little bit about those bikes. So today we took out the Rambo um, R1000 XP bike. So they're Mm -hmm. the extreme performance bike. You should want to ride them just based off the name Rambo. That's right, Right. Rambo. They make you cooler. They make you cooler. That's right. Flyers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they are a pedal assist bike and electric. Yep. So you charge them up. Takes about six six hours and about to charge to a full charge. Um, once you're on a full charge, it'll go about 20 miles without pedaling at all. So um, you can get farther if you pedal along with your bike. Let's see, Rodney got the best workout today, right? Yes, I did. I did. Yeah, I, I ended up having about 60-something percent battery left but when we got back. Kyle had less battery. Yes, I, so I was lazy. He took the lazy way out. I used, I used the <laughs> throttle a lot. Yeah, so he used way more throttle today. Um, In turn, I went swimming. Kyle didn't. The, yeah, the pedaling also helps recharge the battery, right? Yes, it yeah. does. So if you're going a lot of downhill, um, so if you're headed up the mountain and your battery's getting low as you're headed back down the mountain, you're going to have a lot more battery to help you get through some of those uphills. So, they're uh, they're really cool. They got big fat tires on them, so they can go through a lot of good terrain. Yeah, we went through. So we went up the the wash behind your house here, um, and we had some, uh, I guess, asphalt path, some path that was covered in wood chips, and then we got down into some sand and some mud and some water, and Rodney fell in the water. <laughs> <laughs> little bit. If, you, if you don't crash them, you're not riding them. You're not riding them. That's, that's, that's what I say, yeah. They come back, they're all clean, yeah. their bikes are all nice and pretty, and 
my shit was a mess. <laughs> mud all over me, mud all over the bike. I think so, I was only clean though because I went slower through the water and, and I had, had the accessories. I did. I so mine had a rack and the fender, the mud fender. Yeah. Yep. So I ended up cleaner than these two. Yep. Yeah. So but, uh, me. I yeah. don't do anything half-ass. So, <laughs> the first time that Kristen told us about these bikes, I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. I'm, I've never even heard of them. I've heard of a pedal assist, but most of the time it's it's like this dinky little thing that you have to engage into the wheel and, and all. These were cool bikes. Yeah, and they were pretty easy. Um, granted, I crashed. But, uh, <laughs> but, but no, seriously, it didn't, it didn't take that long to figure out how to, um, what how to not ride. to do? Yeah, <laughs> um, but no, yeah. How to how to shift the gears and how to use the you know they had these bikes had five different settings on you know how on much assist. assist you're gonna get or you can just have it do it all by hitting the throttle. Um, but um, it was pretty easy, you know. Kind of about halfway out, I had it figured out on you know how to switch the gears and use the pedal assist to go up the hills. You know, mm -hmm. the first time we went up, I had to push it up. And I was like, yeah, these bikes suck. But then once I figured it out, they're really great. It's really cool. Yeah, they were really, uh, really neat um, and slick looking bikes. I mean, you know, not what you would think with the battery was all kind of in, enclosed right there on the middle bar underneath the, the mm -hmm. brace. And they just looked slick and clean and, and they worked freaking fantastically. Yeah. It, it's amazing how they've kind of taken off especially like around here there's a lot of guys that hunt locally around here and they've just taken to them mm -hmm. i mean they these are guys that are going up for big game you know big, these guys that are pretty more hardcore archery right. hunters up here along the wasatch front of utah around salt lake yeah because uh, it's steep and anywhere you that hike up the there truth. anywhere you hike i mean yeah. there's and there's mountain biking trails everywhere so these guys have learned to take these bikes up these mountain biking trails and they get way back up in there and you know i mean guys have been successful i mean her brother and her cousin they use them a lot and i mean he was hauling out his <laughs> rode up there shot a deer had it was, on there that was a question i was yeah. going to ask is how does it you know how does it work for retrieval is it well, you know it'll work they just put the yeah. back on he was actually coming down and had to the front tire break off on his or, or no the brake something locked up and so then he was pushing a bike and had a deer on his back <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> but, well you know yeah I mean, but there's years. these guys have got they got a lot of videos and stuff these guys loading them up and packing out you know almost balancing half an elk on them you know yeah. as they're you know but they're, they're really cool because they can get you and they're quiet that's, I mean, yeah that's they're quiet so you can get back anywhere you know and just sneak right in i mean these guys will be riding down trails yeah. and all of a sudden they run into you know a big old deer stand and that's one of trail. those well that's one of the things that that probably whenever we got on them and rode up at least in my mind i'm probably i'm pretty sure rodney was thinking the same thing we had a really good hunt in New Mexico recently um, in, in mm -hmm. the Unit 2B, which is a... We like to brag about that a lot. We do. Every, every okay. other podcast, we're like, we hunted 2B. <laughs> because it's kind of the gold standard of mule deer hunting in New Mexico. Two, 2B and 2C are premier units They in are Mexico, premier sure. units. But when before we... And the only reason to bring it up is because we had a lot... We, we talk a lot about it because... That's a hunt that a lot of people talk about. Yeah. Whether you've drawn it or you're trying to draw it, but some of the advice that we got in that for that hunt before before we went on it was, you guys need to get mountain bikes. 
That's mm-hmm. how you need to hunt that. And we're like, what? Yeah. No. That's way more work than I want. Yeah, but that was one of the first thoughts I had with these was like, man. That would be great. That would have been fantastic. It, it would be too. And one of the reasons people say for that 2B hunt that, that you need to, if it gets wet, you need to have a bike because it gets slick, slick, slick. And like I said, that, man, these were really cool. <laughs> Shut up, Rodney. <laughs> Anyways. It's on the table. Smash, smash, smash. On the table. <laughs> but, and then people are driving down the road in the radio, turning their car down. What the heck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so. Uh, funny story about the steep mountains. We were coming... We drove about 12 hours last night, mm-hmm. ended up just south of Price and threw our bedrolls out on the side of the road and got some sleep and woke up this morning, came over Price Canyon and um, what did you say you were talking about? The elevation people, you didn't understand people talking about. Oh yeah, so like you hear, I don't know, people forget that we have mountains in New Mexico and, and like where, where I live down in Alamogordo, um, I live at almost 5,000 feet. You know, yeah, it looks like the desert, and people are like, yeah. oh, you, you're a lowlander. Not really. That's pretty high, just even yeah. in the desert. Yeah, that's about what it is um, around here. We're like 4,500 around here in the valley. And then you go up into the mountains, and you're, you know, you're 9, 10, 12,000 feet, yeah. depending on where you're at, right? Yeah. But a lot of people say that, you know, you got to get acclimated to the elevation. I'm not sure it's the elevation. These dang mountains are freaking steep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're nope. just steep. That's what you got to get acclimated to. Yep. You're just driving that's, through there, and man, that's the only way to get used to them too is just by hiking them. Just right? do it. I mean, the more, yeah. Because I know when she drew her elk tag, we were going down every weekend and hiking the mountains, checking new spots. And I mean, we went. You know, I mean, I was, I had a bad knee. That, you know, I'd hurt my knee the year before, and so I hadn't done much hiking. And mm-hmm. I was a fat boy, so it was, it was <laughs> you know, I was really. I mean, I'm still a fat boy, but you know, like, you know, it was rough getting up and down those mountains. But after we did it for that, some, I mean, we were chugging up and I mean, when she shot her bull, we, we, we'd gone up and down that mountain so many times it was just no big deal. And you know, we were going through deadfall and rocks yeah. and everything, and just the only just way to the steep. only way to get used to it is just do it. Just yeah. do anything you can just do. Throw your pack on and go up and go back and, down and, and go back up. And the back funny up. thing is, we got a her brother's got a friend. He's from Ohio. Mm-hmm. And this guy, he looks like you know one of those guys out of like a fitness magazine. He's got we call him eight pack because he's got the eight pack abs <laughs> and, and y'all ripped up. But I mean, this guy's in shape, and I'm the fat guy. And I look back, he's thirty yards behind us, sucking wind. I'm like, yeah, maybe you know, it's good. It's really funny because because when you say that, because when you're when you're used to the elevation and people come up, it doesn't matter what shape they're in. If they're not, yeah, if yeah. they came from a lower elevation, they're gonna have a hard time. Yeah. yeah. When the other funny thing is. Um, Rodney and I both I, I hate I, I don't go to the gym mm. I hate exercising I hate I don't new, like hiking yeah exactly but you put a pack on my back and a gun in my hand and yeah. send me after Miles. a freaking oh I'll go all day I, I'll never understand it's it it's so weird um, because I mean even D-Don and D-Don's little pudgy ass we take him <laughs> sorry D-Don we take him. No, you're not. And he, he I got to meet Dion one of these days. I've heard so much D-Dons. about him, and I've yeah, never met him. So He's a, he's a great, great guy. Uh, love hunting with him. But, I mean, he, he just, same thing. You know, he didn't work out. No. He's soft. I'm soft, so I'm not picking on you. But, but when we're hunting, man, we can just go. 
Yeah. I don't understand it. I can't hike across my yard <laughs> without losing my breath. And I'm like, man, I'm old and fat. Oh, I know how that is. Cause... And then I go hunting, and Kyle says, there's elk up there, and I'm halfway up there. Yeah. <laughs> we do a lot of chucker hunting out in the west desert here in utah oh, yeah? it's all steep rocky nasty stuff and my fat butt on I, I don't care i'm it's i don't know if it's a matter of pride or what i'm like i'm going to the top yep. no matter what right, right i gotta go to the top and yeah i'll be up there ready to die but i i'm like i, I made it you i know? think that's what happens with us yeah um, <laughs> kyle's walking and he just keeps going so i just keep going and I'm in the back going, man, I wish he would slow down. And he's up front going, man, I wish he would stop. <laughs> but you're not about yeah. to be that first oh, guy yeah. that's like, hey, let's take a break. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, nope, not going to happen. Yeah, we you just... push each other and then yeah. both, you kill each other. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so we got we got on a tangent. Um, Kristen, um, tell us where we can get these bikes, uh, phone numbers. Yes. So you can find all the information on these bikes. There's a couple different models. So they've got the 1000. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the one. Today. That's mm -hmm. what we're on today. That's the the big dog. If you've got a lot of steep stuff, that's the one you're going to want to have to power Utah, through. You're going to want that one. Yes, that is the one. Hills. We are steep here. Um, there is the 750. So it's a little bit smaller motor. It's a nine speed, whereas the 1000 is an 11 speed. Yep. Um, so that helps. Um, they also have a 24 inch frame that comes in the 750. Mm -hmm. That's for us short people problem. But <laughs> <laughs> you had a few of those moments today. Yes, I did have a few of those. I am short and it does. Uh... Beat on, you're going to want the 24 <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, and they, they also have a junior model. Oh, really? Yes. Right. I know so, my kids one of those bikes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to have it. Yep, so they do have a junior model. Um, but you can find all the information on these bikes on our website. You can either go to shopbadass.com or badassoutdoorgear.com. So there's a couple different camo patterns that are available or the carbon. What kind of camo pattern. we got? I, had to ask. I know. I had to ask. It's a Viper. Uh -huh. There's a Viper Western and a blue. Oh, cool. So they're their own pattern and they're really cool looking. They're um, cool bikes. And it, it's yeah. not just for steep stuff either. Flat yeah. stuff, it works good too. Yeah, well, you were, so, you I got were up telling to 25. me there's. Kristen, you were telling us that they're at the, at the hunting show up here that you guys were last at that you had a couple of older folks come yep. in and. And buy one. Yep, we've we've sent it to a couple. We've sold a couple over the last two years to some older folks. Ooh, Jeff's, I think Jeff's dad and his and mom bought some too, because they're, they're they're old and retired. And, yeah, and you know it's like perfect well, for older. the pedal? Yeah, like that's right. Yeah, you know, so cool. I mean, even if you just like to travel and go camping and ride your pedal bikes around, it's mm -hmm. fantastic yeah. for that. Um, they've got some really cool carts. So if you like to go fishing, they have a fishing Ooh, cart. Hey, holds your pole. Nice. Yeah, holds a cooler. So there's there's all that stuff. You can also contact us by phone. Our number is 801-900-6060. So, we will put all this information in our show notes. Yes. Make sure you guys can get a hold of them. Um, if, if you go to Badass Outdoor Gear, and look at these bikes and decide that you want one. Um, 
and you mentioned that you heard it through Not a Grande Outdoors, uh, they're going to give you a discount yep. and free accessories. Yep. So go check it out at least at the very least. Go check it out. Um, tell them about before we get off of the bikes and start talking about some other stuff. Tell them about the because this was this was the application that I was most excited about and and we talked about doing it um but we're just kind of short on time so we weren't able to do it but talk about casey's coyote hunt yeah was oh, it oh is it casey's or it was jordan oh jordan yeah, yeah, yeah. jordan so that's yeah, her jordan. that's her cousin yeah her and uh him and uh my my friend's boy brighton they they entered a coyote contest mm -hmm. and you know the hardest part about coyote hunting a lot of times it's hiding, hiding the vehicle. Yeah. And, you know, if you ever hunt spots where other people hunt, anywhere where you can park that vehicle to hide it, mm -hmm. there's, you see boot tracks, you see, so you boot see tracks, what's parked. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, these guys found this section of road that was miles and miles of just flat sagebrush with nowhere to hide the truck. So they parked, hopped out on the bikes, rode down the road a mile, just laid the bikes down, made a stand, killed a dog. You know, hopped on the bikes, rode down another mile or two, laid the bikes down. You know, and this is like later in the day. They'd hunted, they'd never hunted the area. Mm -hmm. So they hunted one area, didn't, you know, with the truck, no luck at all. Yeah. And so they changed areas, hopped on the Rambos, laid two dogs down, just a back-to-back stance. That's and right. I mean, yeah. just, I mean, because you can hide those in the area. You can just lay them down on the ground and they're hidden. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's. And well, they're, they're, they're practically silent. Yeah. yeah. yeah they're so, so quiet. They're just, I mean, they're, they're not going to hear and so, a truck coming. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about different applications for them and and my brother's a big trapper and man i could imagine uh with the rack on it you could get to some places uh and put some traps out in some places oh, yeah. that you might not otherwise feel like you know oh, man i don't want to hike down that gully down mm -hmm. that sandy wash you know that sucker go down that sandy wash set out some traps and then you have it to go check them every day man they're just i think i think it's a really cool tool that that could be awesome in, in several i mean yeah there's a lot of who knows how many applications lots and lots of applications you know i know uh, neither one of us are big <coughs> four-wheeler side-by-side no, no. kind of guys and we like to walk and one of the problems when you're walking is typically we're starting from camp yep and so we have to leave to an hour, two hours, three hours before the sun comes up to get to our spot. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's a lot of walking in the dark. And now with this, you can sleep a little later. Yeah. <laughs> jump on your bike, run to your spot, and you're going to cruise in quietly. Mm -hmm. Cruise in, and, and you're not going to sweat. Yeah, you're not going to be all sweaty, yeah. stinky. Not, and, yep. uh, so yeah, a lot of a lot of cool things about this. Um, and now, although they're pricey, I'm not going to get into prices, but although they're pricey. So is a four-wheeler. Well, so is a side-by-side. So it comes back yeah. to what we've talked about and lessons that we've learned and are still learning mm -hmm. is spend a little bit of time, save up a little bit of money, and buy something that's quality that's going to last. Yeah, exactly. You know? So Exactly. And something that in this, we there's a lot of reasons that we don't like a four-wheeler. Number one, because we like to hunt. We like to get out on our feet and we like to hunt. Number two... Uh, they make noise and they mm -hmm. scare off game and that's just not conducive to what we want to do yeah so this thing this, these bikes got a lot of great applications in the hunting world uh, I'm amazed that they're not just everywhere yep. they're catching on there yeah. it seems like every year 
you know, more people are getting them. And like, know. yeah, there's the people around here. It's like just growing how many people are getting on them. Just, just the guys that we know that hunt. Yeah, right. I mean, just, you know, we got a lot of, we're kind of in a group of guys that are kind of more hardcore archery hunters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those guys want to. And quiet be, is the thing. The quiet is the thing. Yeah, you know. And those guys, like, they changed how they hunt. They're like, oh, you know. They look at everything. Oh, that's a Rambo trail. That's a Rambo, Rambo, <laughs> right? a Rambo road. Like we're, you know, we're out coyote hunting and we're driving. And my buddy goes, dude, that's that's a Rambo road. We got to get the bikes and come back and hit that. You know, imagine, and it's like, imagine turkey hunt. Oh, yeah. I mean, you spend so much time just walking, and and yeah. you know, um, crow calling mm-hmm. just to get uh, to hear a bird. You know, I mean, man, you could cover a lot of country. Yeah. Well, and do you guys listen for turkey as you're going? And do you guys get a lot of places like up where you guys are at where they have? roads that close at a certain time of year mm-hmm. you know they'll, yeah. they'll have you know the road closes a certain time of year yep. and it's only foot traffic or horses or whatnot mm-hmm. and that's what mountain bikes count yeah, yeah. and yeah. so you could hop on you the do mountain have bike to check and, your regulations for yeah. your state as far Absolutely. as for yeah. motorized because they are considered a motorized vehicle so i can actually speak to that in new mexico if you're listening in new mexico don't worry about it it's an electric motor so it's not a motorized vehicle um, it, uh, you don't have to get an OHV sticker or anything like that. So yep. here you don't have to do any of that. Yeah, either. Nice. but you will piss off a lot of these hardcore mountain bikers when you fly by <laughs> with your you're not pedaling and they're huffing and yeah, yeah. wave at them as you yeah. go by. Yeah. Have you seen any elk? <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a couple of them. They want to they want to ban the electric bikes because it's too easy. Oh, but to on. me, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. So it's it's one it's of those things. It's just like trying to ban four wheelers. Yeah, yeah. I like them, but I'm not going to try and take something yeah. away this from is, other people. This is this is again things that we've talked about over mm-hmm. and over again. Is you know we're all public landowners, right? Yep. Just because you Be don't like something doesn't mean it needs to be banned. Just you know. Learn you, to deal you with be it. You, I'll be you be, exactly. Well, we've got four wheeler roads, you know, here close by up, up the canyons, yeah. you know, where there's a lot of people that hike. And we went up a four wheeler road, passing a guy that's hiking, and he all but flipped us off because he was pissed, you know, like I'm like, it's an open four wheeler. Yeah. We're not oh, doing yeah. anything wrong. Yeah, it's just, plan, dude. Just, just, have, just, just have respect for your your fellow outdoors. participants in in the outdoors, mm-hmm. no matter no matter yep. what they do. Right. So. Um, what? Are we ready to move on? Well, I was going to ask her okay. just real quick. So we, we just, I mean, uh, we got to demo the bikes. We're going to put a video out uh, on some of the, the um, you know, features of the bike and, and things like that. What else do you guys sell at Badass Outdoor Gear? So we carry all the Badlands apparel. We have Girls with Guns. We've got... Bows, so we sell the Obsession bows. We've got some Quest bows, um, arrows, broadheads, rests, sights. Lots of archery equipment. Lots, archery lots equipment. of archery yeah, equipment. If you want to get set up for your first time bow shooter or even someone who's done it for years, anything you need, they got it. We've got much. packs, cameras, nice. pretty much. If you need it for hunting, we've got it. Very cool, very cool. Yeah. And so, like I said, we'll put all that information uh, for badass outdoor gear on in the show notes and uh, go check them out uh, I can tell you I was thoroughly impressed with these bikes oh, they were a ton cool. of fun to, to ride um, and could be an extremely cool tool so yeah um, yeah that's all unless you have something else that you no. want to share that's I, I think we can 
move on to move the on. hunting in. Yeah, and we touched on a little bit of it, but yeah, we want to get on. Uh, we kind of want to get onto a topic right now. So down in New Mexico, and we talked about this a little bit before. Down we, in New Mexico, before we uh, <laughs> before we started recording here. Um, so there's two two states in the Western United States. I don't know about Eastern, um, but two states in the Western United States that don't have a point system: New Mexico and Idaho. Uh, so Utah is one that does have a point system. Um, yep. And so, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So there's, down in New Mexico, we've got a lot of people clamoring for a point system because they can't seem to draw a tag. So me and Kyle have been opposed to this and we've talked about why we're opposed to it. So it's cool that we're sitting here with you guys and y'all can share y'all's insights on the point system and how it works and how it may or may not benefit people like that down in New Mexico. Well, here we got the bonus point system. Mm -hmm. for That's for the, the limited entry and mm -hmm. the once in a lifetime. Um, so the bonus point system, so every year you put in, if you don't draw, you get a point. And the way the bonus points kind of work is once you got so many points, you know, people say you got someone who's got 10 points and that's, they got the most points out of everybody put in. So many of the tags go to the people with like 10 points. Sorry, I'm tapping. The, I'm tapping. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> and then, you know, and I'm not sure exactly what the percentages are on that, mm -hmm. but, you know, so the, if let's say it's 50%, 50% goes to the guys with the highest point, you know, and then the other 50 gets allocated between everybody else, mm -hmm. you know. And if you got one point, you know, you get basically put your name in the hat one time. If you got five points, you get your name put in the hat five times. So the more points you got, but they might only have a couple tags to draw from the people, you know, who don't have max points. Yeah, so, yeah. so I mean, you still there's still a chance you could draw, but it's pretty slim. So usually here in Utah, I mean, you'll you'll grow old waiting to draw a tag. I mean, we know guys that have been putting in for, you know, the limited entry elk, one of the best un units in the state, and they got 25 points. They've been putting in for over 25 years. Just and, to draw a tax. And so like trying to kind of relate this to New Mexico because the systems are so different. Yeah. Um, you know, in the limited entry, what, what he's kind of talking about there is your high-quality hunts. Yes. Those right. are hunts everybody yes. wants. Those are where the big bulls are, that type of thing. So, yeah, so here we have, we have you know, over-the-counter hunts you can hunt. Um, mm -hmm. These areas, for, we're talking for elk right now. Over-the-counter hunts are for elk. Um, most of them are a spike, spike only. You know, if it's for archery, you can do spike or a cow, but like muzzleloader and rifle, it's a spike only. Uh, in order to hunt that same, you could hunt that same unit if you draw a limited entry, then you can shoot a big bull. So mm -hmm. it gets kind of frustrating, you know, when you're out there with your spike, spike tag, tag and, and you got this, you know, 340, 360 <laughs> bulls and they're 20 yards from you. And then you're like, can't do anything you're like, I hope that spike over there, hundred yards, keeps coming. You yeah, know? Like, you know? like, like it just shoot, go away. And honestly, like, you know, if you when I first started hunting with Kristen's family, the first year I hunted down where we hunt, the very first year, I had just one of those giant five points and yeah. a spike come in, and I shot the spike, and I was like, there's just something wrong with that, you know? Like, <laughs> like I got them both at twenty yards, and I had to shoot the spike. But I mean, that's just kind of how it is, you yeah. know. So, and I know people here. You know, they are, they want the trophy, you know, they want, that's kind of what's more important to them. Uh, you know, not so much 
the opportunity, I guess. Mm -hmm. But we do have areas that are any bull areas as well. Yeah. Um, those areas are kind of high, we call them the high Uinas. You know, there's several different parts of the state that do it, but those areas are a lot less elk, smaller population, a lot more area, and a lot more hunters. So your odds of getting a bull there, you know, with your over-the-counter tag are pretty, pretty narrow. Probably but what, you have the what opportunity. We would call opportunity hunt. Yeah, it's more yeah. of an opportunity hunt. You know, and you could still you know find a spike or a cow on it, but but if you want the good units to hunt a trophy animal, you know you got to draw the limited entry, mm -hmm. and that's where you got to be willing to put in your time, just to years and years of applying and racking up, you know, application fees to yeah. finally draw. Yeah. So. And there's you know there's pros and cons. You know, one of the things that I'm hearing is you know y'all do have a over-the-counter system somewhat yeah to kind of back you up you know in new mexico they don't have that at all so yeah. the instituted a point system it might work for well if they instituted a point system what you're going to have is you're going to have um, let's say they have 100 tags in the best unit in the state you're going to have everybody gets one point this year and then yeah. everybody's going to have two points next year and mm -hmm. then Eventually, yep. you're going to have a thousand people with 20 points, and still only a. And that's that's a problem we're we're starting to tax. have here in Utah is the point creep. That's yeah. every cause because it used to be like, you know, once you hit six seven points, you know, you were guaranteed to draw. But now there's so many people putting in, and it's now you got to have 10 12 points to draw, you know, and and that just depends on the unit. Some unit yeah. like the one, I mean, if you don't have 25 points, you're not going to draw, yeah. you know. Um, that's that's the best you know unit in the state but like other units you know some of them you know archery wise if you have five six points you could draw mm -hmm. where other ones you're still gonna have to have 10 15 but for like rifle if you're putting in for rifle hunts you got to have a lot of points you're so, minimum 15 points probably usually. so if you've got let's say you're putting in for one of those lesser units and you've yep. got or, or the high unit let's say you're yep. putting in for the high unit and you've got 15 points Yep. And you're like, you know what, forget this. I'm going to drop down and put it into a lesser unit. Yep. And you get drawn out. Do you lose all your points? Yep. Yes. Yep. As soon as you draw, you lose yep. your points. You start and the worst part about being a resident here is once you draw that tag, whether you fill your tag or not, you're then on a five-year waiting period before you can start applying can for, apply. a, for, so a, you for limited entry. So if you draw an elk, limited entry elk tag, you know, after that, you're five years before you can even start applying again. Before you can even start accruing more points. And accruing more points. So Here's then you're Mexico. switching. So then you go from hunting, you know, wanting to put in, apply for elk. You got to apply for deer or antelope. Um, you know, you know. And then there's also the once in a lifetime hunts, but there's seriously once in a lifetime. By the time you draw them, you know, you'll be lucky to draw more than one in a lifetime. So. So it's a, uh, it's interesting reading through, um, reading through the the point system explanation and things like that um i i would be really interested to talk to um somebody from from the department of natural resources here in, in utah and see how this system works for the biology of the animals because it seems like so it seems like their focus is a lot on the big trophy animals. It is. Um, but anybody, oh, I'm not going to say anybody, management is done through cows. Yep. 
the increase yep. and decrease of a yep. herd, po you know, herd a population in, um, of elk in a certain area is done through the harvesting of cows. Yep. And your over-the-counter stuff, like you could conceivably in a year you could draw a cow or an at-one's permit and then get two over-the-counter cow permits. Yeah. And so in my mind I'm it I'm I'm just trying to figure out how that works in the biology of uh, and the management of those species. Yeah. And I don't I mean I'm, I'm not expecting a, uh, it's kind of a rhetorical question but it's interesting to think about. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> see and we've had units here uh you know there's the the Wasatch unit. That's probably one of the a popular one around here just for the area it's you know only a couple hours here from salt lake mm -hmm. um it's got some big elk on it but they've turned that one they've started giving out more 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 tags for it so they've kind of turned that from more of like the trophy unit to more of an opportunity unit so you know i mean years ago i mean a lot of people shooting 360 you know 350 maybe 340 ish bowls maybe even a couple bigger ones here and there but now i think you'll be more around the 300 to 320 yeah with occasionally maybe like a 340 360 time right but, you know there's always a giant bull that comes out of the woodwork somewhere but <laughs> yeah. you know but you see a lot more you a lot more hunters and i mean and was it last year we knew like seven or eight people that drew that same tag on the archery hunt yeah and they were all hunting you know same all the kind of all buddies that all knew each other and they're all hunting almost the same areas you know and that makes it tough yeah. when you got that many people all going for a big bull you know it's it's yeah. a hard it's a hard thing to do and and to go along with that the biology kind of thought process i was i was going down um we've got a, a once in a lifetime hunt down in in new mexico uh in the vivadal portion then uh carson national forest down there and right next adjacent to it is one of the biggest tracts of private land in the state um is Romeo park ranch and those herds that herd um, and the numbers in those herds are are very they complement each other because they move back and forth quite a bit but additionally you know the spikes you guys you can kill a spike or you can kill a cow yeah. and um, we've seen in New Mexico where when you're killing a lot of spikes you don't get the recruitment and your quality yeah. of the bulls goes down significantly uh, for your trophy hunts because yep. You're taking out those young those young animals yeah there. that's you know sitting here listening to them that's something that's foreign to us because we can't shoot a spike see, can't shoot a spike deer we can't shoot a spike elk see um, what's amazing to us though like when kristen drew her tag a few yeah. years ago the amount of raghorn bulls you know like immature bulls you know anywhere from three four five you know small five points and less mm -hmm. every single day she could have shot yeah. i mean tons of them i mean they were like coming out of the wood i don't know if it's just because she had a tag and like and we always joke like you know all right we had our chance at a raghorn today let's hope out for right. a, you know yeah and it was funny talking to the cattle rancher up there he goes i think they just don't i think certain elk just don't get bigger that's they just stay that size and i'm sure. like nah dude they're just young you can they look young he's like no, I think they're just they stay small, <laughs> you know. Right. So that's what he thought, and maybe he's right. I'm not sure. Well, there is, yeah, there. I mean, there is some some truth to that. Um, you know, there are there are certain elk that their config their configuration, you know, is never going to change. Yeah, just they don't have the um, genetics. To they don't have the genetics, big, yeah. and so that you know, you start talking about private lands and managing 
and managing elk and things like that. Um, my opinion is that you want to manage for bigger bulls. There's two things that you got to do. One, you got to have management hunts and take yeah. out the bad genetics or the, the lesser yep. genetics in the herd. And secondly, you got to manage for over the over their prime bulls. Yeah. So like if you got a big bull and he's over his prime, he's no longer breeding, then you then you take that animal out. Yeah. I was I was listening to a study and I'm probably going to butcher this. Probably. So. Um but so I was listening to a study and it, it pertained to deer, not yeah. elk, but yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure that there's some similarities because yeah, they're both ungulates. And, and so in this study what they did is um they went out into the field and they captured from separate areas fawns brand new newborn yeah. within a day or two born fawns yeah and they brought them back to their facilities and they raised them up on the same diet the same everything and the, the antler difference was dramatic mm -hmm. But within a couple of years, they would catch up. Hmm. So then what they started doing is getting, and then they bred these, and, and the does that they had, um, they, they would breed them, and then they would watch their buck fawns. Yeah. And so what they were finding, long story short, is if the doe was having a good healthy diet when the buck was born he was more likely to be a bigger buck hmm. wasn't genetics it was the food source of the doe before she had the fawn yeah. and that's that's really very interesting, interesting i thought yeah. I, there's definitely something with nutrition. I know oh, sure. absolutely, because sure. you look at a bull who, you know, we see it all the time in New Mexico. You guys have a lot more water up here, so, so um, and I haven't hunted up here, so I, I can't speak to it. But, like, in New Mexico, you can see a bull, you know, you'd find his sheds from last year. And so you know who he is and, and, yeah. and, and all that stuff. But you can see a bull, if we had really good moisture in the spring, they're real strong on their fronts and then yeah. they kind of taper off and they're kind of yeah. real weak on their back. We, I actually drew that once in a lifetime by a doll hunt and uh, my buddy killed one and he ended up being about a 320 bull, really nice bull. Had he had the backs, had he had the tops to match his fronts because we had a really, really good spring and then the, the and moisture then was just up. done. Yeah. And had he had the, the tops to match his fronts, man, he'd have been a 360 bull. He was... I mean, just monstrous on the front, and then just really yeah. up. But and then, vice versa, you, you we have a really dry spring, and then, and, and then we have, and then we have, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we have a, a lot of moisture later on. You'll see them real weak in the front, but they're real long. They'll you know, grow out in the back. Yeah. So, uh, it's anecdotal. I, you know, I'm sure there's some studies on it, but there's absolutely, I think, in my opinion a lot to do with nutrition yeah yeah there is. Have, have your guys's mule deer herds been struggling like up here it seems like every year they just kind of get a across less. across the west mule deer numbers are on the decline yeah. um we do not hunt does at all in new mexico for mule yeah. deer well is there for something the, for the most part there's the, a very the most part no 
yeah, for yeah. the most part, we don't. Um, and yeah, we're we're we are seeing uh, mule deer decline um, in New Mexico as well as across the West. Because yeah. you know, it's like when we were growing up, there were deer everywhere, and it was rare to see an elk. Now yeah. it's like almost the opposite. Almost it, the opposite. My dad talked about the same thing. There's not as many deer. My dad talked about going hunting in Ute Park. Uh, his our family had a place there, and he were, he would tell us stories about, and I could never relate to it because um I'd, i've never seen that but yeah he uh would tell us stories about they'd get in the back of the pickup and they'd drive out through herds of deer you want that one nah you want that one nah how about that one yeah that one's good <laughs> throw them in the back of the truck and take them back yeah and and now you, like, it's almost the opposite yeah. now you see elk tons of elk up there and, yeah. and very few deer i, yeah. I know you know where I'm from in the Sacramento's. You used to be able to drive through the Sacramento's and count 500 deer in a day, and now you can drive through the Sacramento's and count 50. Yep. Uh, there's varying degrees of opinions as to why that is. Um, some think that increased predation has changed the the locations of the animals. Yeah. So um, there's not necessarily fewer. There's just they're they're in different places than you used to see them. See, no That's wonder, a theory. Yeah, you know, I, um, I follow these things on Facebook, like the Wyoming, the migratory, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and you know I'm sure same down where you guys are. I mean, you'll see sections where deer are just slaughtered on the roads from the the cars and everything yeah. else. And I mean, for years and years, that's how it used to be here, and now it's like all of a sudden the deer are gone. And I kind of wonder if, you know, I'll just uh, the whole urban sprawl of us, yeah, you know, that's definitely, I mean, has that's had the bigger issue than anything because they don't, they mm-hmm. can't move to their winter grounds as well. And, yeah, that's absolutely like that. an, an issue that uh, is being addressed in a lot of the wildlife, um, you know, the, the wildlife professional circles. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of pushes right now. They just tried to push a bill in New Mexico. Uh, to create those migration corridors. I know in Wyoming they're building those big old overpasses yeah, and all they, that they, stuff. They build a couple here. Yeah. We went out to out west in Nevada and they had a bunch of them. Like, yeah, they nice. The <laughs> like yeah. giant overpasses right. and and I'm like that's genius to me, you know. Yeah. And, and it's funny they built one here up at the top of Parley's Canyon here in Utah. And people were like, that's the dumbest thing ever. How are you going to get a deer to go across the crosswalk? You know, and I'm like, that's the smartest thing ever. Yeah. You know, they need, and they just built one. I'm like, they need them everywhere. Yeah. You know? And it was interesting whenever they were trying to figure that out, they, they found, they built one and they found out, you know, they're doing studies, they found, and, and call rooms, stuff like that. They found out that they were, they would move over the, because they, for the longest time, for the longest time, they were building them. They were building underpasses or yeah. little culverts. Mm-hmm. Cows will go under that. Agricultural yeah. animals will go under mm-hmm. because they've been trained to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever they found out, whenever they started building those little big overpasses, um, the deer used they more like use them. To use them. Yeah, I've seen more. deer going through the culverts. Yeah, I've got pictures of them. Um, but but yeah, I don't think it's they're not near as likely. No, and those are local deer. They're not at least the ones I saw. The migration, not the migratory ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Numbers are definitely on decline. Um, yeah, because here in Utah, they used to have when I you know I don't even know how long ago it was maybe ten twelve years ago. You could do over the counter deer. You could mm-hmm. just go buy your deer tag. Yeah, and now it's all gone to a draw. 
you know, yeah. but the general deer instead of the bonus point, it's a preference point. So, preference point. so the more man with the most points draws the tag. You know, yeah. So. yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you guys like to hunt and kind of your um, strategies for, I mean, it's going to be a little bit different uh, non-resident versus resident here in, here in Utah because reading through it it actually sounds like you guys are kind of getting screwed oh, yeah. residents. They i'm not gonna lie it sounds they, like you guys are I getting think they screwed. give the non-residents more options you know like because they can put in for like you were pointed out they can put in we get we have to choose one limited entry animal to apply for every year either elk deer or elk pronghorn. deer or pronghorn and the non-resident can put in for all, all of them. three of them and you so can't, they can, you and can't get bonus points and get bonus points like, for all and you can't transfer points from one animal to another huh? no that sucks are what they are. I don't want points, New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd love to come down to New Mexico. I, just, you know, I, I want to branch out. I know you and me talked about maybe yeah. going down doing a bear hunt. Absolutely. Maybe. I drew a bear tag here. So actually, you year, could come so. down. And, uh, we could do an over the over the counter barber sheep. Oh yeah, I can take a barber sheep hunt. I don't even know what a barber sheep is, but I'd come down. Let's go hunt it. It's a sheep. And they're they're plentiful. I've got I've got an area. You've got some up there in a little bit. I'd rather go to your area. Yeah, but my area we've got a lot more. A lot of the big ones. There's not as many big ones as there used to be. Sheep hunting has gained popularity down there quite dramatically. Okay. Used to go down there and get a 30 inch ram pretty easy, okay. um, which is a good size barbary. Is this um, something you can bow hunt, or is it more yeah. of a rifle hunt? You can Either. bow hunt it. Absolutely. Um, a lot tougher. Really Do they have seasons for both, or you just choose your weapon? It's choose all your year. Okay. All year. It's all year. Statewide. No, you don't need a tag or anything? You, you, have, to, over the you have to buy oh, a tag, it but it's just over the counter. I don't know what it is for a non-resident. So look that up, Kyle. I can look it up. Um, but, yeah, so so we've got some area down there. It's um, they, they opened it up to, for the most part, Barbary's a drop. But we have an area down there. They opened it up um, to year-round over-the-counter tags because they were trying to knock the Barbary numbers down because they brought in some bighorns. And okay. they released the bighorns in that area a month or two ago. No, yeah. it's been um, about four or five months. Has it been that long? It has. Yeah. Been a while. But anyway, they released the bighorns in there, but they've still got the Barbary there. So they're worried about the disease going back and forth between no, the two? Or? No. It turns out no. Okay. Um, because they're not, Barbary sheep are not actually sheep. We had a podcast not They're too long goat? ago. They're more akin to yeah. a goat or what did, an animal. What did he say? Uh, we we did a podcast not too long ago with um, Doctor Kerry Mauer, Mauer uh, the Department of Game and Fish down there in New Mexico, and he was explaining that to us how they're not actually a sheep, so they're not really worried about disease transfer. But I think what it is is the Barbary are just much more aggressive, mm-hmm. and that's what they're worried about. So. We have that uh, that area in that unit, and it's right there in my backyard, and you can just go up there and hunt. Oh, cool. I'm looking at a picture now. So. Right? Yeah. <laughs> now I know what I'd be shooting. So they're a lot of cool. fun. As a matter of fact, I think that me and Kyle so, were, were talking about going and doing some barbary hunting this year. Um, that'd be neat. Maybe in February? February. So yeah, non- Jan- January or February, we don't have any urgent. Non-resident, over-the-counter, barbary sheep. So when do you guys' hunts start? It's $373. Oh, that's not bad. What's that? When do your guys' hunts usually start? Um, October? Pronghorn starts in August. Uh, most of our pronghorn hunts are in August. Mm-hmm. Uh, September is the archery hunt statewide for elk, deer. Um, 
See, that's the other place Utah gets screwed. Our, our archery hunt starts in August, even for elk, and it ends like the first week, week and a half of September. So our archery elk hunt ends right, right when the they're starting, starting to, before the rut That's starts. Funny. So and our, then, and our then, archery hunt is right in the rut. And then they yeah. give they give the limited entry rifle hunters the prime part of the rut, oh, and it drives oh, me yeah. bonkers. Oh my god! I'm like, need to be in the rut with no. the rifle. And they give them, and then the mu- the limited entry muzzleloaders go the week like the very end of September. Yeah. So they've got like the prime couple weeks to hunt with a rifle and a muzzleloader. And the and the that archery just sounds hunter, like extremely poor management. I, it drives I me it drives just, me crazy because <laughs> I don't mean to piss him way off no. in Utah, but but no because so the archery the archery yeah. is in in the rut in New Mexico for a reason because you're yeah yeah less likely to and, you know take a lot of animals. The muzzleloaders right after sometimes that yeah. rut activity kind of yep. lingers it's, into the yeah it's, muzzleloader. It's, it's split um, and then October. Is rifle season? Yeah, we've got October, November. That's how a lot most other states because I know Idaho's is during the rut. Wyoming's is during the rut. Yeah, we've got two separate archery hunts. So typically, it's like the what the first through the fourteenth or the first through the (laughs) tenth. Yes, is the first first archery hunt, and then you have a second archery hunt, which is the next (laughs) ten days after that. Yeah, Um, and then give them a couple of days off, a week off, and then we have the muzzleloader hunt. And so that that second archery hunt is usually what you're hoping is going to be prime rut. Really depends on um, weather. Well, the heat. You know, and we we've, we've been over that when the rut is and all of that. I people get confused, or not confused, but bugling bulls doesn't necessarily mean the rut. <laughs> no, it's, so yeah. rut activity. Yeah, you know, it, sometimes it can peak during the first archery hunt. Yeah. Sometimes it's peaking during the muzzleloader hunt. Yep. The actual rut, you know, is when it is. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's that rut activity. But um, typically, in that second archery hunt is when it's really good. We've done so much hunting the early part of the hunt. Yeah. You know, where mostly you're just sitting on water. Yeah. You know, hiking around hoping you run into something. And the year she drew her tag, and we went out and we're chasing bulls, and you're chasing bulls that are bugling, and we. The, the limited entry, they do give you, like, one extra week than the regular season, you know. But it's still, right as the, the rut's starting to really Get ramp going. up, you're done. You know? yeah. And But it, it's just so much funner being able to chase a bull when they're bugling. Yeah. You know, compared to just sitting there and hoping they walk by, you know. And it's just, See, it's, even, it's a whole different whole different game. It's funny. We even have, our, our archery deer season is even during the rut. You know, it's not, you know, it's kind of towards the, they'll usually start rutting late December, but our January archery hunt for deer is the first through the 15th, and they're still usually rutting pretty good. In so. November, huh? Huh? When's yours? January. In Jan- oh, that's so right. Have, you guys, your rut's in January. We huh? have two archery seasons for deer. Okay. Um, it used to be you could hunt them both. Yeah. But this year they switched it, so you had to pick. So you can hunt them in September or you can hunt them in January. And we are, um, the, the rut, like I said, typically starts late December, uh, but it's still going in January, so. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, right around here, it kicks off in November, for deer. Really? Yeah, it's November. It's pretty early. That so, is early. Yeah, so. A lot earlier than ours. Yeah, that's why, you know, the, the extended Wasatch Front, 
that's where like if you're an archer here in utah mm-hmm. you get a hunt you can hunt the regular season and then we have what's called extended archery all along the wasatch front all along like salt lake and kind of ogden now they're even going down towards provo now i think or down towards the southern part southern valleys down there but you can hunt clear till like december oh wow. archery but it's archery only all yeah. along there you know and man like <laughs> the guys we know november hits and they're like taking days off work just yeah. so they can go hunt during the rut huh. and yeah. they're like planning it and you know jordan shot a her cousin jordan shot a nice nice big three point last year you know he, was, he went up there like first part of november up there by himself and you know sure enough their big old buck comes out lip curling and you know <laughs> and he smoked it so what do y'all cool. what do you um so you say three point and i'm assuming three by three three by three yeah. not counting eye guards i think his has eye guards okay we don't count eye guards eye guards are like a bonus yeah i know so, so how do you guys count them so we call that a six point really Mm-hmm. That's what we call it in New Mexico. That's you guys are Easterners. Like, you can't all, so if it's got four by four, it's an eight point? It's an eight point. If it's got eye guards, it's a ten point. <laughs> but an L, yeah. but it, but an L is a six but point. An L it's, it's a six no, point. An L, it's a configuration. It's a yeah. six by seven. Yeah. Five by five. five we do five. that yeah. too. But, yeah. but, you know, if it's a deer, I mean, if it's got two on one side, it's a two point. You know, where you guys... Must be called a four corner. I guess a four point for you yeah, guys. We call, it, <laughs> yeah, we call it a forky. Yeah, it's got two. Just um, just to make it sound bigger, I guess. I don't <laughs> you can't. No. Hold, no. So you guys are the trophy hunters, right? I know. I, I don't know. That's yeah. all we. You know, there's a lot of guys in Utah. I think they. Uh, it's kind of. I think it's gotten out of hand. Everybody thinks that. That's well, all that matters instead of just yeah. going out and hunting. Yeah, and that's so. and that's uh, that's good to hear you say that because that's that's one thing that we advocate for. No matter where you're at, uh, we as sportsmen too often uh, we eat our own instead of being on the same side saying, "Cool, you want to do it that way? Go ahead and do it that way. I'm going to do it this way." Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I think you know we we push. Let's try and redefine trophy hunting. Any tag you get is going to be a trophy if you get oh, it because yeah. it's meat in the yeah. freezer. Um, yeah, and especially archery. I mean, any any big game animal that you take with a bow, that's impressive to me. I don't care if it's a Kristen's two deadly. What did you take your elk at? Eighty. Eighty one. Trust me, I tried to talk her out of it too. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> no, like I was with her, and we you know, we were following those elk, and we thought we were closer, and also we see them up on the hill, and I ranged like the first couple cows as they're going up, and they were ninety yards, and. Oh, they're 90 yards, and I look over and she's dialing the pin on her bow. I'm like, <laughs> she's like, I'm shooting. I'm like, 90 yards. She's like, Yep, I'm shooting. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, and the bull, he just he walked out and just stood there. I'm like, Hold on, he, and he was a little lower on the hill, so I'm yeah. like, Let me range him. I must have ranged him four or five times, and I'm like, he's 81, and she's just like, Ooh. Yeah, she just pulled back, and, and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, that's too far. Well, she, but it, it also goes back to being confident in you and your yeah, equipment. Absolutely. You know, and we talk about that I, a lot. So I, with my elk hunt, I had put in for several years, many, many years, as a rifle. No preference points, New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. None. Yeah, she, so, did, she had eight points, by yeah, the way. So I had been putting in for rifle because I had been several years without taking an animal with my bow and and I just didn't have the confidence in myself. And so I decided that I was gonna get a new bow, and so 
I got a new bow and I said, okay, I'm gonna hunt the season for the year and, and just we'll see how it goes. And so I got the new bow, set it up just the way I liked it. You know, it's had, I didn't spare any expense on it. I just. Trust me, she broke the bow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but I set she it up. She got the good stuff. It's going to last her a while. I did. And I set it up the way I wanted it and hunted that year and, and got a cow. And, and so I told him, I said, okay, next year I'm going to put in for my tag. And, and so I did. And we practiced and shot and had had I been with my old bow I never would have taken that shot never yeah. I mean and it just it comes down to I I knew my equipment I knew my ability and I felt comfortable and confident in that uh, whereas the year before with my old bow I would have never taken that shot yeah so I think Cal what's his name Cal Ryan Callahan says don't pull the trigger unless you're positive that you're gonna yeah. of the outcome. Yep. Well, so, and with a rifle in 81 yards, it's a chip shot. Yeah. But with yeah. a bow, well, that's not a true. lot can happen at 80 yards. I mean, yeah. one you've step been, and you've, you've been, been with our buddy Dedon. Story. Uh, it's not necessarily true. Yeah. He missed. Yeah. He missed a buck at 10 yards with a muzzleloader. And he will never live it down. Never. <laughs> Ten yards, you don't <laughs> never. Ten yards. It was crazy. Of course, I missed an elk at, what, 23? You did. Yes, We've you all did. missed. Right. Easy shots. That, <laughs> I don't even want to say how much stuff I missed. An overly easy shot. Yeah. Um, simply because we just killed, like, a monster rattlesnake. And we ran across the canyon to get behind a bush. And then this bull come, Kyle charging and this bull and just come charging right at me, and I was like, <laughs> and he stopped and turned and I went, <laughs> <laughs> didn't work. It happens, man. <laughs> you get the adrenaline pumping and oh man, I was arrows so are flying yeah. no matter. Yeah. We, call it, we call it tornado mode. Yeah, they yeah. do. They do, and I'll take it all the time because I missed tornado mode last season. I I I took my deer at four hundred and. 480? 480. 480 yards. Um, it was so boring. With a bow? No. <laughs> no, that would have been cool. Yeah. No, with uh, uh, with a rifle, but just to me, it was just boring. Yeah. Because uh, we spotted them a long way off, and I sit there and just waited and waited and waited for it to stand up, nice and patient, nice and calm, had a good rest. Told Dedon, all right, he stood up, I'm going to shoot him, and I shot him, and then I was like, yeah, it's over, we're done. Just... I didn't like it. Yeah. I want to be yep. 20, 30 yards away from him going, oh my God, he's right there. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. you do. I do. I do. And I love it. It's exciting. Yeah. So what other, uh, well, I guess we didn't even really get through those questions. What are you guys' yeah. favorite thing to hunt? <laughs> yeah, what else do you have to hunt up here? Well, I mean, we got, you know, all the big game. Um, we got the small game. So you can't say all the big game because well, we got we got elk, okay. deer, moose. We got bison. Because when people hear yeah. all the big game in New Mexico, well, you guys exclude got exclude moose because we don't have moose. Yeah. Well, you guys got like or sheep and sheep. or I don't yeah. even yeah you got like these weirdo things. That, <laughs> are they where are they from? Orcs. Orcs and, they're from Africa. They're, and what about the barber sheep? Where are they? They are from Middle East. Middle East. Yeah. Okay. So you got a lot orcs, of transplants. Yeah. By the way, orcs 
best it's meat. The ever. best. That's a, you guys were saying so that. Good. So good. Um, we we brought them in from uh, so the one of the generals out there on the go ahead on the missile range. Um, the story goes that he wanted to. Um, the story goes that he wanted to bring in giraffes, but they would have had to raise all the power lines. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. That's just the <laughs> that sounds a little that's fishy to story. me. Yeah. That's the story. So they ended up bringing out a bunch of oryx from Africa, mm. um, and they're really cool. Um, we call them oryx. They call them. In Africa, they call them Gemswalk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And really cool. Yeah. Fun. I've never been able to draw a tag, so I couldn't tell you about hunting them, but my uncle worked out on the missile range, so we got a lot of Oryx meat roadkill yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, or hunters that wanted the amount, but didn't want the yeah. meat. You know? So we ate a lot of Oryx growing up, and it is absolutely delicious. Um, so, back to Utah. I know. Right? <laughs> so you guys have... Elk, deer, pronghorn, uh, bighorn? Yeah, we got bighorn sheep. We got Rocky mountain, mountain bighorn and desert bighorn. You got both. Okay. We got both. And yeah, we got mountain goats. Um, moose. We got moose. Bison. I don't know if I said that, but yeah. Bison. Yeah. We don't count those as big game in New Mexico. Those are actually well, here livestock we got, Here in Utah, we got one of the only free-ranging herds, which yeah. is on the Henry Mountains yeah. down in Utah. And it's, it, there's a bunch of different hunts, you know, I've, watch other guys hunt them you know on videos and yeah. stuff you know like that was it the randy newberg he's you know it's kind of he shot his right next to the road but, <laughs> but i think but you got one you know I mean, yeah and it's but i mean to me it looks it looks like a cool hunt yeah uh, her dad he's sure. been that's what his once in a lifetime he's been putting in for that and i'm i'm excited for when he finally draws that it. would be cool because yeah. it's an actual like from the people we talk to it's an actual hunt it's not you know they there's there's technically two here in the well, two or three now. I think you can hunt the book cliffs. They have uh, bison book, in the book cliffs. book cliffs now. At book cliffs and the Henrys, and then they have antelope island. But the antelope island's like I think you go out there and they say shoot that one, you know, and it's not <laughs> yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. You know. I like so, Romeo right. Park bison hunt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. It's more or less. You know. It's just. That's what Dion. That's what Dion. Yeah. They just go pick out one of the old bulls on the island and say shoot that one. Yeah. But down in the Henrys, it's a legit That's hunt. You have to get after them, and they're. From what I hear, they're really spooky. Like, they see you, and they're going up over the mountain, you huh. know, and you got to go chase them. So. Nice. Um, but so those are all the big game. All the big game. Yep. Uh, yeah, we got turkeys, bear. We got bear. Yeah, black bear. Yeah. Mountain lions. We got lots, lots of mountain lions. Did you get any grizzly? No, I. You know, no. I don't think we get any grizzly down here. No. There might be a report every you know, you hear you always hear stories. You always hear and stories. we hear do you guys hear about wolves in New Mexico or all the time? We have we actually have wolves. Yeah, but, but we don't have the timber wolves. Yeah, but we get people every year say they see the ones, you know, coming down from like Yellowstone down here. Yeah. I kinda believe it, but you know I wouldn't put it past it. Possible. Yeah, but I just uh, hope they never really come down and establish themselves because that sounds horrible. <laughs> Except for I think all the you know us all the hunters, right? yeah. <laughs> like you should see the size of the coyote I shot. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know? um, and you, so you do you do small game? Yeah, chucker. A lot of bird. Yeah, chuckers. Here in Utah, you know, we got the 
they got pheasants, but you pretty much got to, you know, the pheasants are only on private property for the most part. They, you know, the state does like release them out into the wildlife management areas and, but it's like a, a put and take type of thing, yeah. you know, they release them and the next day there's Somebody 20 guys them. out there <laughs> lighted up to shoot them, you know, so it's, it's not, you know, it's not, to me, it's not that cool, but. Uh, the Chuckers is the whole, I mean, the West Desert of Utah is big. You know, you don't realize, I mean, a lot of people see the mountains, Salt Lake. Uh, we got some cool mountains, but we got a ton of desert. Yeah. And so the desert mountains, I like wandering them just because you go out there and you're by yourself. Like there's, like it's rare to run into another hunter. And, you know, I got, you know, I got a bird dog. And so we go out, turn the bird dog loose and she goes on point, you know, get into a flock of birds and nice I, you guys I, have a bunch of quail the quail live in the city <laughs> so yeah we, we get quail running through the backyard but yeah. and there are there are huntable populations i know further south south end of the state down by st george right uh, more down there and there's along the foothills here but you can't really hunt around the foothills here with yeah. a shotgun you uh, know you're gonna piss off a lot of people <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah that's crazy how and we got big the, this this Wasatch Front has gotten. And we got the forest grouse, the, you know, the rough grouse, and I guess blue or dusky grouse. I'm not sure which one. You know, they used to always call them blue grouse, but now they call them duskies. Mm -hmm. so we, we got a little, we got a little grouse elk scouting this year. Yes, grouse <laughs> and we got scouting. Do you have sage grouse down there? Or? We do not have sage grouse. Yeah, we got sage grouse here, but that's kind of a you have to actually draw permits, like a almost like a deer tag. To oh yeah, to oh, sage grouse. It's just because they're becoming yeah. more endangered, yeah. I guess. So. Yeah. Um, but you can still hunt them. So. Squirrels? You guys have to have a license for squirrels? No. No? No? no. I, around here, you, <laughs> we, we got a buddy that lives down in central Utah, and he's kind of a trap. He's a big-time trapper. Yeah. And he goes around shooting the little pot gut squirrels, little ground squirrels. And yeah. He invited me to go down there because he goes down on the rancher's property and his squirrel control guy he's <laughs> he's come down i've shot thousands of them this year already i'm like sounds like kind of prairie dogs in our part of the world yeah. right yeah, and we got prairie dogs in some areas yeah. but i think you, i don't think you can hunt them in most areas no and that's so yeah. funny to me that yeah. they are protected here in utah because yeah. wow we shoot the crap yeah, out of them down, down there. there yeah it's because it's, you can go up to i know i got you know family that goes up to wyoming yeah and shoot the crap out of them oh, you know yeah. they just set out a table with benches oh yeah and it's to see who can hit them farthest away yeah. <laughs> you know? nice. but yeah you know, that's what they do just long-range shooting for you know they just sit there and wait for one to pop its head up out of the mound and see who can hit it um what kind of turkeys do you guys have do you guys just have Merriams and, Merriams and rios and rios yeah depending on where there's different there's kind of both and kind of the hybrids i guess right i know in the southern part of the state there's kind of down towards uh, the boulders and that, I guess there's more Merriams, but around here is more Rios. Rios, so. Or kind of a mix. Three sure. in New Mexico, right? We do. We have the, the Merriams, the Rios, and the Golds. So you got to get the Golds there. Yep. Okay. Those are the ones that are more in Mexico. Mexico, yeah. though. Okay. We actually, Tram uh, and Fish traded a bunch of pronghorn for some Golds okay. to supplement our population down there. Okay. So. And of Anyways. course, we got coyotes to hunt. But. Ducks. Ducks, yeah. ducks and geese, waterfowl. Don't need a license for coyote. In fact, nope. they uh, bounty on them this down here in here in uh, Utah, right? Fifty yep. bucks a head. Fifty bucks a. Yep. You have to bring in the tail. 
No, you got to bring in the lower jaw and the ears. That's right. Lower jaw and ears. And you have to be signed up for their bounty program. Yeah. So you can't just go do it and bring it in. You have to sign, sign up and, and register for it. And so and you got to, you know. And now I think they're making you GPS it because they've had, you know, people going people to going out other state states and bringing, and bringing them back. back to Yeah. That makes sense. Everybody's trying to make... Make a buck when on you, it. When you put money on it, somebody's trying to make... They're trying to outlaw... Coyote hunting, I heard. I heard they like banned so it down there in New Mexico. They banned coyote, coyote calling contests. contests. Yeah. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Uh, yeah, you and me both. I concur. And, well, I was I was reading a thing. It was a, a squirrel hunting thing in New Jersey or something, yeah, and they had all the people. They were protesting it, and it's like, you know. And I understand if you don't like it, but you know, it. I mean that's food. <laughs> that's that's why that's why people yeah. are learning to do it. It's a survival skill, you know. Go out and I mean I I got no desire to shoot a squirrel other than maybe just for fun. I've never ate squirrel, but yeah, I know back other places it's, it's like a big deal yeah. in yeah. big places. Yeah. You know, yeah, big deal. You know, yeah, I mean we don't have any squirrel that you can hardly eat back where we're from. I mean yeah, you know, I, like a little squirrel nugget. It's about all you're gonna. Yeah, get. Yeah, we see the we get like the well ground squirrels and pot guts we call them yeah i ain't eating one of those but <laughs> you know and i know back east they the tree squirrels you yeah know, they got the ones big and, squirrels and the only ones i've seen around here are like in the neighborhoods you yeah. know for yeah. squirrels and i mean we get lots of squirrels up where we hunt and you want to shoot those because they come and they're <laughs> chatting, you know, right. screaming at you while you're waiting for an elk to come and you're like shut up get out of here <laughs> but but I, yeah we don't really i've never hunted a squirrel on purpose for food yeah Kristen, what's your favorite thing to hunt? Um, so, so actually, two questions. Kay. What's your favorite thing to hunt, and what's your once in a lifetime that you would love to draw? Bucket list. Bucket list. So I have been putting in for a moose. Moose. Yep. I'm so with, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. So I think out of my whole family, we all have kind of different ones that we've been putting in for, which could be really cool when we all draw because gonna, we can all go and I was going to say, you can all just kind of share it. It's, it's like yeah. going to a buffet. I want that and I want that. Yeah, so we can all kind of share that experience That's with each smart. other. Well, um, well, you know how here, you know, the once a, you know, the limited entry in that one. One person in a family draws a limited entry in Utah. There's 20 people. Oh, yeah. Line, you know? yeah. Yeah. Somebody on every ridge with a radio. So it's not, you know. Yeah. It's, you know. Family affair. It is a family yeah. affair. Yeah. Good. Well, and, and that's hunting for us is a family affair. Um, As but, it should be. Yes. Yep. So our uh, oldest twins, they've been hunting for a few years. And, and so for me, my favorite thing to hunt is elk. And after my elk hunt, I've decided that you really haven't hunted elk unless you've hunted the screaming in your face, you know, it calling. Oh my gosh. Deal. Yeah, and it was just, it was crazy to me. I've heard them before, but to just be there and, you know, I'm, I'm, I had one come in and he was behind me calling behind the creek and. I'm over there and I'm like, dude, that thing's got to be standing on her. And, and it, I'm like, it almost was. And it, it was, was like 10 yards from thing. her. And I come up, I'm like, what happened? She's like, it was too small. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I, I lost my mind. I'm like, man. I'm like, it was right here. She's like, she's like, yeah. She's like, yeah. I pulled my phone out and video. <laughs> so she, had, so she got video of it, and I'm like, screaming oh my in my face. It is all that. And and so I think ultimately, I mean, I love to go out on the duck hunt, you know, opener, and but I'm a fair weather hunter. I will tell you that. <laughs> I do not like the cold, and so that's. 
I, for me, it's archery elk. Yeah. So. Cool. Tyler? Archery elk's probably my favorite, but I like, you know, I love the bird hunting, you know, behind a dog. That's just, my single years before I got married, that's, I spent a lot of time doing that. I had a real good dog and, you know, wandered the desert. <laughs> but, I mean, I love, I love it all. I love coyote hunting. Right. I mean, calling coyotes in is fun. You know, I've done turkey hunting. I like, I like anything you can call in, I think. I mean, that's that interaction with them, you know. I mean, when you get an elk to respond and come to you, there's nothing better. Same thing with like, you know, you get a coyote coming, charging in, yep. a turkey, even calling in a duck or a goose. That, to me, that's just the coolest stuff in the world, but that's just me. Yeah. Once okay. in a lifetime? Well, here in Utah, I've been putting in for the, for the mountain goat, mm -hmm. but I think if I had a choice, it'd be one of the big horn sheep. I just think they're cool. And just the adventure of it, I think, is what's going to be. And even for the big, for the, for the mountain goat, I think just the adventure, yeah. you know, being up in that steep, nasty stuff that you can die in. Hopefully, just, you draw it before you get too old. Yeah, to get up that's, in the hills. that's a, that's I'm like, I've always wanted to hunt one, but now I'm like, you know, knees are getting shot. I'm getting <laughs> yes. older and fatter. You know, turned that's, forty last year. I mean, those mountains get a lot harder to hike up once you, yeah, get older. That's for sure. That's my bucket list animal is the mountain goat. Yeah. I really want to get a mountain goat. Kyle's is the moose. Yep. Um, we're going to have to start thinking about that pretty seriously, too. Cause, yeah. um, you can drive you're over the canyon. And you're over. I'm over 40, 40, and I just turned 40 today. So, yeah, Happy birthday. Well, appreciate <laughs> it. Appreciate it. What else, Rodney? Man, that's it. Um, I, don't, I don't think I have any more questions. No. I think we've established the opinions on the uh, <laughs> well point system. We did. We don't want a point system. However, you know, to be fair, the there is some good opportunity. It sounds like within within yeah. the over the counter stuff, um, but uh, it's uh, yeah. It's again, I wouldn't want to go to it, but uh, whatever floats your boat, I guess. Yeah, uh, I hope New Mexico doesn't ever do it. Um, yeah. Or Idaho, for that matter. But, yep. um, like you said, there there's some positives um, about all of it, you know. Um, but I just like our system. Of course, I've been lucky in our system. Yeah. We draw a lot of tax. Yep. So. Yeah, we don't, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we draw one here and there, you know, after we hit max points. and Like this year, I drew my, my bear tag that yeah. I had. Nine or ten points, which was pretty much max to draw that tag. Mm -hmm. You know, so. But for bears, they only make you go on a two-year waiting period instead oh, of five. Instead of five, so, I'd hate that. I'd hate the waiting period. But what he doesn't share is this is funny because <laughs> in Utah you can actually share your points. So you can put it in as a group, and what it does is like split your points. Yeah. You know, or yeah. averages out your points between the two of you. Huh. Yeah. So, so if you've got a lot of points and you you can I know you know can put in as a group. Like that much. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked him to share his bear points with me, and he didn't. Of course, I asked her to wait on her elk tag until <laughs> I could put in, she and then we could in. both draw together. And she was like, she gave me the no. 
Yeah. And yeah. but now you know how women are; they hold it against you. Uh-huh. Like I, uh-huh. because I didn't share my bear points with her. I'm in the doghouse, and she brings this up and tells everybody, "Yeah, he wouldn't share his points." Um. I'm with you, man. I'm not sharing my points again. <laughs> I actually have one of our buddies. He uh, he had a, a but another buddy of his had been putting in for rifle hunting for a long. You know, the guy had like fifteen some odd points, and he goes, "Hey, if you put in for archery next year, and put in as a group with me, he goes, I'll buy you top of the line bow, anything you want to do it." And the guy goes, "Really?" He's like, "Yep." So they put in as a group. He bought the guy a brand new bow. I mean, probably. Two grand worth of archer equipment, you know. And he goes, hey, it's cheaper than a, yeah, <laughs> than, you know. So he right. bought the guy and shared his points, drew his, drew his tag. So first year putting back in, yeah, first off year of his waiting, yeah, off of his waiting period. First, first year putting, putting back, back in, in, drew a tag because he kind of got his shared points with him. How and then funny. had to wait another five years. Yep. Yeah, now that's the waiting period. That's that the part would that would be horrible. Me. Well, because um, every year I get to put in for out. Yeah, whether right. I drew out or not, whether I yeah. harvested or not, every year I get to put out. Well, put in drill, I mean, and I have the same chance to draw as everybody else. I mean, Utah, I'm okay. I mean, I understand the whole limited entry thing, but the waiting period, I just it drives me crazy. You know, at least let me build points right. during that waiting period. You know, you know, I mean, maybe, so, yeah, I mean, or cut the waiting period to two years yeah. instead of five. I mean, five is. There's a lot of states time. out there where you can buy points. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, man. See, and you can buy a point so here instead of like actually putting in an app, but you might as well apply. You pay ten dollar application fee, and it basically gives you a point. point. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, if they at least let you do that while you're waiting, they don't. They don't no, let you do it during the waiting period. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If they at least let you yeah. do that, yeah. buy a point. You can't put in, but buy a point while you're well, waiting. That, that negates the waiting period. The waiting period is so that other hunters have, have an switch. opportunity to hunt. You just have to switch. You know, Start I'm I'm on my gear. waiting period right now, and so now I've moved over to applying for deer for the limited entry, and then see when yeah. I had my before I could start putting in for elk again. That's when I was like looking at every unit. Four points, <laughs> you know. I was looking at <laughs> the, the CWMU units and everything. Just which I'm not got the best chance of drawing something, you know. Just so I could hunt again, you know, um, on a limited entry deer, but. That just does not sound like any fun to me. I, 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 I'm with Rodney. I just love the, the fact that whether I draw or not, whether I get an animal or not, every single year I can put in for as many species as I can afford to put in for. I have a blast, personally, I have a blast going through the drawing arch reports, going through the proclamation, and just picking what I want to put in for. And to have that taken away from me would because I do it for every species. You Does know? your state get do a lot of like, uh, kind of like here we got expo tags, no. where we they, don't do a ton of them. We do have some auction tags and uh, things like yeah, that. Yeah, they're gov- no. what they call governor's tags. That's becoming like this big thing here. These, yeah, because they have what's the Western Hunting Expo. Yeah, and anybody from around, from anywhere, as long as you come to the expo, pay five dollars per application. You know, per tag you want to put in for, and it just draws a lottery you know oh, just see we don't have lottery, that's you know that's yeah. not what our our tags so. are our tags are what they call governor's tags and they get auctioned off yeah well but we also have the the draw the, the one yeah, yeah. They have so two tags one deer yeah, but our expo one tags one deer if you draw an expo tag it, that's kind of the loophole is that expo tag you hope to draw that because it doesn't go count against your points and, and it doesn't give you a waiting period? period. Yeah. No. So you could draw that. I mean, 
I've known a couple guys that have drawn a couple of those tags. You know, the one guy, he drew the Expo tag one year, and then the following year drew his belt tag. So he got to hunt the same unit back-to-back, -back, you know. I think he drew a muzzle loader for the first year and then archery the second year. Yeah. Wow. But those Expo tags, the problem is it's, you know, we call it the tag lottery. You know, it's just, you know. But you get all these non-resident people coming out, too. Yeah. From all the different states, you know. Yeah. Especially the sheep hunt. I think you get a lot of the, sh the guys who are oh, trying sure. to do the sheep slams and stuff like that coming to... Yeah. That expo was in February, right? February, yeah. yeah. We looked at coming up to that but we, we this year, but we just weren't yeah. able to pull it, pull it together knowing that we were coming up here in April. Yep. So, so they just had the with the rendezvous up here too, didn't they? Wasn't that up here? No, Montana. Oh, was it in Montana? I think so. BHA. Yeah, I think it was here. Oh. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll believe you. I don't know. Well, so. one of these years you guys don't draw something early in the year. You just come up and hunt some early season elk with us. Just some spikes and cows. Yeah. <laughs> Fill your freezer. Yeah. You know. And then we'll yeah. come down and shoot some sheep, barberry sheep with you. There you go. Right. I still want you to take me down to your family in Texas to shoot some pigs. We can do still that do that too. as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's and bear. My, that's one of my bucket list things too, you know. Other places the pigs are like rodents and I'm like, we got no pigs are. here. I want to go shoot something. <laughs> yeah. You used to have a little bit down there in the Sacramento's, but then they hired a guy to hunt pigs. Yeah. Man, that would have been my job. Yeah. Just gotta move to Texas, they'll hire you to hunt pigs. I don't want them. <laughs> Let's not go there. So cut our listeners in half. Cool guys. <laughs> um that's that's just interesting. Yeah. And we're going to, yeah, it's just interesting to hear the differences in the different strategies, styles, all that. So. And we're probably the wrong people to talk to. There's lots of people here in Utah that kind of geek out like you do yeah. over every little bit about drawing and how the success. And, yeah. You know, I got a buddy. He's actually like a kind of a biologist type of guy. He's got a lot of friends. He, he, he what's Chris work for right now? BLM or something like that. But he, you know, he's got a lot of biologist friends and guys in the DWR, and that dude can draw a deer tag every year, you know, <laughs> especially like the, you know, the general season. But he's got his own little secret way of doing it, and so I, there are secret ways of making sure you get a tag. I mean, that's just a general season tag. Yeah, but, I haven't even kept mine secret. I've been blurring mine across this yeah. podcast for. A year and a half now because yeah. I want people to have the opportunity to go hunting and I know it decreases yeah. my odds but I don't care yeah. I want people to have that opportunity but you're like a public public figure now you know with the podcast yeah <laughs> I don't know duty. about that <laughs> I don't we, know about that a couple of listeners but I don't know what I call it's public <laughs> <laughs> we're trying so but yeah I like to share that information and to give other people opportunities but they're not listening, and the ones that aren't listening are not drawing out. And yep. the ones that aren't drawing out are complaining and wanting a point system. Well, we've got, you know, her brother and her cousin, you know, the guys I hunt with a lot, and they, they're, they've been branching out to other states the last couple of years. You know, they've hunted Nevada and Idaho, you know, because Utah, you got to put in for all your points and hopefully draw some year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of guys jumping ship and going to different states and, yeah. You know, I'm hoping to do that here, you know, as it's well. It's becoming a much more popular thing to do. Yeah. Um, 
looking at other states and stuff like that. And I've started looking at some proclamations. You know, it's one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you guys about this stuff and try and talk to somebody in Idaho and mm-hmm. Wyoming and Montana as well as we go, as we make our circle because... Well, I know you guys got your once-in-a-lifetime area down there. The, mm-hmm. Was it Vivadol. And But do you guys have other areas that are like, this is a trophy area? Type of deal, or is it just we they're all high quality hunts? Yeah, quality yeah, we have we have um, two. There's there's standard, um, high demand and quality. Okay. Um, and some of the some of them crossover. Like you'll have the high demand quality. Okay. That's go hand in hand. The only other once in a lifetime hunt that I know about is the Oryx hunt. Yes. On the no. White Sands Missile Range. Uh, yeah, Oryx hunt. Yeah. Uh, but like when you're talking about elk. Uh, obviously, the quality and high demand hunts are the Gila. That's where the, yeah. a lot of big, uh, Six, big bulls. 6B. Yeah. The Gila. Do you guys have the trauma? Can you draw tags on the private lands as well? Is that in a draw or is that something you have to buy from landowners? Or? So, yeah. If you draw a tag in a unit, you can still hunt private land with permission. Okay. Yeah. You just have to have written permission from it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and. <laughs> You can, for deer and antelope now, you can purchase, oh, as well as Oryx, you can purchase a private land tag over the counter okay. and hunt on private land only okay. with permission. Elk is close to that. Close, you have to have a ranch yeah. number in order to get the over-the-counter over the tag. And, and then, that's only outside the court, right? That's the secondary management area. Yeah. Second, they the special it. management area they allocate so many tags per ranch and they negotiate that and then then the primary and in the core you draw for the public and depending on the configuration of the public to private land there's only so many yeah. licenses that can be allocated and so percentage of them goes to the public percentage of them goes to private yeah so like they'll take unit 34 and let's say in unit 34, it's 50% public and 50% private, just to use round numbers. Um, and they've allocated 2,000 elk tags for unit 34. So 50% of them will be drawn for public and 50% of them will be drawn for private. Yeah. Now those aren't the actual numbers, yeah. like I said, that's just to use, but that's how that, that's but how But you have to get your permission from the ranch first before so what, you put in? what happens put is those ranchers draw those tags. Okay. And then they sell them. And then they sell them. Okay. Right. And then if they're outside, what is it, the secondary management units, what's, what we used to call the core, if you're outside the core, they can request tags and then they can just, you can sell them. Okay. So, and those are pretty much unlimited. Yeah. Okay. So they can do as much as they want. Yeah. So, well, that should be about it. Yep. Cover it all. all we good. really appreciate you guys sitting with us and talking with us and getting a chance to ride those cool bikes. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Go check them out. See what you think. And we'll check in with you next time. Yep. We're going to continue down the road, be in Idaho next. Um, so in the following weeks, we'll have some some podcasts about Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado kind of deals. So stay tuned. See you then. Adios. Adios. See you. Bye. (laughs)
Thanks for joining Not a Grande Outdoors podcast. Come follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget about our website, www.notagrandeoutdoors.com. Adios. Adios.